Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, a pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro. I always feel like I'm at a Blazers game. Oregon. Yeah, Blazers lost. Yeah, we're not going to be in a Blazers game for a while. I know. Uh, e. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Well, we're going to talk about that because it's more important to gather at church than it is a Blazer game. Ah, yes, it is. Yes, oh, it is. Snap, man! I, I don't even know how you I, wove that in so fast. Like that was kind of incredible. I'm pretty, I'm pretty quick. Pretty quick. Um, well, hey, uh, we're here. Our current topic. Uh, the topic of the day is the gathering of the church. Wait, let me say that again. The gathering of the church. Church, 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 church. church. You know, it's oh, weird. We have was... no effects either. That's all Bobby. I know it's hard it to is. believe, but... It is. Um, I could make an effect. I could put an effect on your voice. You know, I was listening I... to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about, like, the tone police. And uh, and so uh, they actually had, like, sirens and stuff in the background. And <laughs> I don't know. Part of it's kind of cool. Part of it's kind of cheesy in my head. I don't I don't know. <laughs> No, we we don't have any plans to go through and put special effects to our uh, podcast. But, but if you would like to have us do special effects, leave yes. some comments on what those would look like. Yeah, let us know <laughs> what that is. Oh man, so hey, so what do you got going on? What has been happening with you? You just came back from a vacay, but what like there's like a month of things that were crazy for you. Would you please explain that? Yeah, so my my we camp at our house. That's that's what we do. I think that's probably the easiest <laughs> way. Um, so we had, we've had some appliance problems. My refrigerator has been out for seven weeks. Uh, the repair guy has you know, just like not shown up a couple times, uh, but we're told he's going to show up on Wednesday. So the refrigerator is supposed to get fixed after seven weeks. Our freezer went out. Our like our outdoor garage freezer went out the same time our fridge did. And so luckily I was able to fix that. Um, There was just this massive block of ice that froze in the back because my kids just think that they should cool the garage by leaving the freezer door open all the time. (laughs) Um, So that was actually able to be redeemed. And then let's see here. Oh, yeah, we don't have any hot water either for two weeks. Well, when did that happen? So it was on its last leg. And then... uh, well, it all, it, it finally happened when the breaker got tripped and I was like, well, that's weird. So I flipped it and then there was a spark that went throughout my whole house. My wife was upstairs oh, no. and our hot water here is downstairs and she saw the spark. And so, <laughs> so I go into the laundry room where a hot water heater is and there is a black uh, burn mark on no. the side of our laundry room wall. I mean, just a gash there of fire. So that was cool. Um, so we don't have hot water. So I, I showered at a friend's house last night. And today <laughs> I think we're going over to another friend's house. And yeah. Take so your we, towel. So we just, my, <laughs> wife, my wife actually, she was like, do you have one of those camping showers? You know, the ones you just kind of uh, tie up in a tree and then like the, the, the sun just heats up the water in it. No, but I might be getting one of those. Yeah. Well, and all this during summer. Like, I mean, it is Washington, you know, yeah. but it's still summer in Washington. Uh, so, which we've been fairly, at least down here, we've been fairly mild. We've had a few days of 100, but just a few. Yeah, no, it's been like but, 80 degree temperature. It's been awesome. 
Oh, man, that's beautiful. That's great. That's great. So, yeah, that's mine. What about you? You, uh, <laughs> you're, you're going What's, golfing today, I think. I'm going today is my stepdad's birthday, and we're going golfing, and I'm going actually to a pretty nice course, and one I've never been to. Um, I am excited about that. Um, uh, also, golf in the near future. Uh, a, a good friend of mine is he's the gosh, what does he do? I don't know his direct title, but he he works with an organization, um, AIDS Orphanage, uh, AOET Education Trust, and he, he put together a, a little golf scramble. Um, I'm helping him do that as well. So. I'll be golfing at another nice place for about a month, but that's not normal for me. I'm typically like the, you know, ten fifteen dollar, you know, greens fee once, maybe twice a month. Um, so if that tells you anything about my golf game itself, which Nick can attest to, it's not that great. He's amazing. Um, oh man, yeah, you are. You are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I get a golf, uh, but man, other than that, we're getting ready for school, right? It's. Uh, it's the the week the weekend before Labor Day. Are, are your kids going um, to school? Our kids are so uh, it's a hybrid. They're going to start off online in the morning, and then every day of the week, one or three of them will be going to school for an hour and a half to three hours, depending on who it is. So yeah, dude. It's, Wait, what? It's, it's kind of both. Yeah. So it's so do you hybrid like just model. Hang out at school because there's like, is there even a point to come back home? Well, no, there's not, and especially with, with, you know, it's about 20 minutes away. Luckily, one of my favorite coffee shops is in the area uh, of, of the school itself. Um, but they did offer, apparently, the, the school took that to heart and have set up a Wi-Fi uh, uh, for Internet in the parking lot. Uh, for <laughs> so parents can sit in the parking lot while their kids are at school. And I get it, man. Like, it, it, they're doing what they can. Um, and trying to do things because they broke they broke the classes down into yeah. ten, right? Oh uh, wow! Because they okay. have to follow the guidelines. So so it's not like the full class is is there. Twenty kids, twenty five kids aren't there. It's it's like ten kids, um, and two groups of ten per class. So anyhow, yeah, we're we're getting ready for school. We're you know my wife is already you know she's going through all her back to school training. She's a music teacher uh, in Beaverton, and so she's going through that stuff. And it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Here we go. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I guess we'll figure out what happens. So let's go to gathering of the church. So that's what we want to talk about today. Um, yeah, this is this is this is a topic that's on a lot of people's head right now. Like people in the church yeah. are talking yeah. about it, wrestling with it. Um, there's concerns. There's thoughts. Um, there's a lot of leaders who are given different direction on it. So. So we're going to tell people what they should do, right? <laughs> That's right, because we have all the answers. <laughs> um, well, so you want to you want to so, start off on? Yeah. Well, well, part of it is, I mean, you know, I, I think it's obvious as far as what what has prompted this topic. You know, uh, uh, for for you specifically, you know, you were listening to a podcast. Um, Right, the that, doctrine that, and Devo guys. The doc now, and Devo guys. Was that with Joe and Jimmy? And man, they are a cool bunch of guys. Uh, they're over in—is it Illinois? They're uh, somewhere. They're in the somewhere Midwest. over there in Midwest. It's o- all the same. Over where people are. I, nice. I lived in the Midwest, so I can say that. Uh, 
Yeah, and they're cool guys. I love listening to their, their stuff. Uh, they're entertaining. They're fun. And they're usually right. But I totally disagreed oh. with them. Yeah, and He's I'm throwing sure, some shade. I'm sure it was just Jimmy and not Joe. Uh, but... Yeah, Ooh, so you're calling out by name. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> no, but uh, basically, a guy wrote in and said, "Man, he's got some concerns about gathering with his family, with the church, and and so their advice was follow your conscience." And man, I, I, I totally isn't disagree, that I totally disagree with the, that. Isn't that almost the equivalent of well, follow your just follow your heart? It, it is. Isn't it? Isn't it kind of that? And, and go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll get into that. Maybe, maybe we do that now. Is is okay? But basically, what that means is what you know. What do you want to do? Like what, you know, like what what is uh, because our our conscience and or heart. If our if our conscience is informed by something, then we should follow our conscience. But it should be informed by something like and the word, like the Bible. So. So what I, I, part of what we want to do here this morning is say, okay, so what does the Bible say anything about gathering, especially amidst a trying uh, time, you know, uh, and, and we believe it does. Uh, so, so regardless of whether the Doc and Devo guys came up, they, they're, they're just our straw man this morning because they're fun to poke at. Right. Um, this is an issue in our church. It's an issue here at Hope. It's an issue for you at Timberline. You know, you have people who are willing to gather and people who aren't. Um, and 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 I wouldn't say, at least from our perspective, I don't think anyone who's part of our body. It's not like they don't want to gather. Um, but I, I do think there are some things preventing them that that we should flush out. Totally. Well, we and so what, what we wanted to do was was not start out with any opinion or anything else or tell you to, you know, do what your conscience wants. Uh, but we just want to start with the Word. And, and what we want to do is just dig in a little bit to God's Word and see what does that say? How does that apply to our present situation? And so uh, I've been yeah. studying the book of Hebrews for quite a while. I've always wanted to, to preach the book of Hebrews, and so I think starting in October, I'm going to begin preaching through the book of Hebrews. I have no idea how long it's going to be. I was, I was like mapping out it's sermons. Like two years. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I was, yeah. I mean, Hebrews is so just good. amazing. Uh, but the whole book is about helping the church to persevere. It appears that they moved into a time of apathy. It appears that they're, they're wrestling with their faith. Are they going to remain in their faith? Are they going to persevere? And so the author is calling them to persevere, and he's reminding them primarily about the priesthood of Jesus, which is, which mm-hmm. is just amazing because, yeah. like, he brings in Melchizedek. Like, like, I still, I just, like, I'm picturing, you know, the, the author of Hebrews, he's got a guy, you know, in his counseling room, and the guy's like, man, I'm just not sure I'm going to, you know, stay in the faith, it's been really hard, and so he goes, let me tell you about Melchizedek, and, and that's his method, and I just think that's hilarious, uh, but anyway, so Book of Hebrews, all about the priesthood of Jesus, and, and so, like, in chapter 10, uh, we read... Like in chapter 10, it says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. And then it talks about, like in verse 17, that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Yeah. And so the whole book of Hebrews is about the setting up 
the absolute forgiveness and assurance we have in Jesus Christ. Um, and then it moves on in the book, and it starts talking about like the implications of that. And that's where we come in to like later in chapter 10, and he says, uh, he, he gives us three things. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he was promised is faithful. So holding fast the confession would be Jesus Christ is you know, the way, the truth, and life. There is no way to have forgiveness except through him. And then in verse 25, it says, um, oh, verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Um, So based upon the fact that we are fully forgiven and that we have assurance of our salvation, we should stir up one another. So we have the idea that we are saved to be in community right here. Um, because we're called to stir one another up. We're called to help one another, to encourage one another, to help each other persevere. And then for me, I always, you know, like try to walk through question wise, like, okay, so, so what does that look like? Well, he gives us the answer in verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So there's, there is like a primary text right Mm -hmm. there. And, and that's, that's largely what we are using as a means of basing our conversation off of yeah. today. Yeah. We're called to stir up one another to love and good works. One of the good works and one of the ways we love one another is to meet together. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at, and that's, that's what we want to jump in. Um, yeah. You want to add well, anything? I, yeah, yeah I, would, I would say uh, we have to consider the context, right? Because uh, the context of Hebrews probably written after the temple was destroyed uh, in 70 AD, right? You, you kind of you, you look at um, just evidence inside the book itself, but I mean there was persecution of the church, so it's it's not it's not as if um, they're living in safe Western America. Christianity, what? where they they can meet or not meet, and there's no, you know what I mean. There's no, there's no outside force that's that's um, that's oppressing them. Uh, this is, uh, you know, for for many of these Christians, for some of them, you know, there is fear of life and limb. Uh, there is fear of death. Uh, recall that Nero, right, um, uh, gathered Christians and used them to burn, uh, hung them and burnt them. Uh, lit him on fire to light up his garden at night. So it's not, you know, it, it, it's, you want to talk about dangerous to meet. Seriously. Yeah. You know, they were they, like, that was a pocket of time where it was dangerous to meet. Um, and so we look at it now and, and, and how does that relate to coronavirus? It does and it doesn't. <laughs> well, like, you know, I like what you're bringing up, like the whole original context. And we do wrestle a little bit, like what is the exact time frame? But when we come into the text, like if you just go later in chapter 10, he refers to their Christian life and and he's saying, you know, in your past, when you first came to Christ, like in verse 32, he's like, recall your former days, you know, after you were enlightened, when you came to faith and he says, you Mm -hmm. endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so mistreated. So that word affliction can either be emotional or physical pain. And I think Mm -hmm. it's good to see it both because when you go to verse 34, um, you have, uh, for you had compassion on those in prison. So obviously people are being taken to prison for their faith. Um, And it says, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. 
since you yeah. yourselves had a better possession and abiding yeah. one. So there was a risk. I mean, there's, there's shame, there's guilt, there's loss of friendship, there's public humiliation, there's yeah. possible like ostracizing um, within the community. Mm-hmm. Maybe they weren't allowed to shop at certain places. Um, they face jail, physical yeah. and or emotional persecution. Um, mm-hmm. There's stuff. I mean, we don't even yeah. experience that hardly here in America at all. Literally, for being a Christian, all their stuff could be taken from them. Their house could be yeah. taken from them. And, and, and this is a reality. You and I, we were talking about a little bit before. Um, in fact, we support uh, many, many pastors in India. And one of them not too long ago, so the, the village that he lives in is very hostile to the gospel. So they gathered up all the guy's stuff his family stuff, and they picked it up and they threw it outside the village. They tore down his house and they said, do not come back in. So that day he lost everything that he had, um, his land, his house. And so the agency we worked through then, we were able to, to send money with other people and provide a new house and help. But literally on that day, he lost everything. And that was like, that was like two months ago. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this, like what we're reading in Hebrews is a reality, yeah. and you were talking about it too earlier. Like just well, in other churches and like throughout the world now. Well, absolutely. I mean, we're we're again we're in such a blessed place here in the U.S. But but I, you know I think there is. I'm not trying to be a doomsday person, but there is some of that persecution coming here in the church or here in America. I mean, you know, we're gathering outside. I'm looking right now in my office, and I'm looking at where we gather. And the last. Uh, three times we've met, there have been people who walked by and taken pictures and whatnot. And and it could be that that, those those were pictures to, you know, send out the people say, Hey, look, this church is meeting. Woohoo. I doubt it. (laughs) I doubt it. Now I haven't seen anything on social media yet, but, but I know that there are, I mean, even here's what's sad is even, even pastors who, who are um, disparaging the church that's meeting, you know, uh, and that that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so, so you know, here we have in the book of Hebrews, probably a more present and more threatening, uh, uh, a bigger threat than COVID, I would say. A bigger threat than COVID, in public persecution. Totally. I, you know, and and yet they're meeting. And yet they're gathering. They're being called to gather. Um, well, and, and I, th- I think it's like when you look at, like, I totally agree. Because when you go to the end of chapter 11, well, chapter 11 is all about then the encouragement of the church to persevere. And so the author uses all these Old Testament saints. And at the very end, it talks about these people who, um, man, what does it say? In chapter 11, verse... Uh, 35, some were yeah. tortured, refusing to accept release yeah. so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. Yeah. They went about in skins of sheep and goat, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about yeah. in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. I mean, they, they lose everything for their faith, maybe yeah. even their lives. And, and this is where I think you and I are coming down to, yeah, we gather. I mean, what, we gather. what, what do we, why would we not gather? I mean, we have people today who are risking their lives to gather in other countries. And in the 
biblical context of like what Hebrews is written in much of the New Testament, I mean, there was persecution if you gathered. Um, yeah. Some physical, some emotional, but there was, phys- there was persecution. And why would we not gather? What risk are we facing that is greater than death? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and that's not the only, um, what am I trying to say here? That's not the only reason why we gather. Uh, it, it's, it's not just because I, we're supposed to, you know, which we are supposed to. Uh, but we should gather because we want to, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and because we have a sense that gathering with the body, there's a sweetness to it. Um, there's a draw to it. I, I mean, I, I can say this. It took me all but three seconds once the church body started singing when we yeah. first gathered just just to relate that, that my eyes were overwhelming with with joy, yeah. tears. Um, because it's good, because we're in, in gathering, we're reminded of the ultimate reality, right? Yeah. The ultimate reality that Jesus is King, that we are his people. And, and it's a foretaste of what's to come as yeah. we gather together in heaven. Like this is what we're waiting for. And so why would we gather and why would we suffer these things? And why would be, why would we, uh, uh, why would the, the people of the book of Hebrews suffer property loss? suffer the loss of life, life and limb, uh, suffer the loss of their loved ones. Um, well, because Jesus is better, yeah. which is, which is another theme of Hebrews, right? He, he's, Jesus is, is uh, the better revelation of God. Uh, he is better than angels. Uh, he yeah. is better than Moses. He is the better substitute, the better propitiation. He's the better mediator of our covenant. Uh, he's the better high priest. Like he is the better, all of it. Um, and we gather because of that and we gather to be reminded about that. We gather to worship him and, and this is how he's called us to live. He's called us to live on this earth with his redemption and recreation of the earth in mind. as when, for when he comes to, um, fully set his rule and reign on the earth. No, and I think that's such a, I mean, there's a truth that's there that when we do gather, it's, we're affirming our citizenship in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're affirming that our treasure is in heaven and not on this earth. We're affirming, you know, that, yeah, Jesus is our king, not Nero, not Rome, not America, not Trump or Biden or Republican or Democrat or... You know, the other 10,000 different things. Um, we, we're coming together as a body of believers, as a bride. Yeah. And in fact, even the book of Hebrews, what, what I was really blown away, and I don't think I had ever really saw this until kind of going through it. The whole book is about the church encouraging one another. Like we are a saved body yeah. to help one another persevere in the faith. Like we need one another. Like in chapter three, uh, verse 13, he talks about how we are to exhort one another uh, so that we persevere in the faith. And we do that by coming together, by encouraging each other, by knowing each other. Um, and so, and there's other things too. I mean, we take communion, we take communion together. Uh, we sing songs together. Uh, we affirm the gospel through, through yeah. a profession. Uh, like we do the yeah. Apostles' Creed every week. We, um, 
just by listening to the gospel. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so much grace that's experienced in just gathering. And we've seen that, like, like you expressed, that first time you gather, just tears coming. Like, we've seen that with joy and energy mm-hmm. just as mm-hmm. the church has gathered that it is sweet. Um, and I get it. Like, you know, when COVID came out, we all kind of, all right, what, what's, what's happening here? Is this bubonic plague level type stuff? Um, so we all did our part kind of uh, to flatten the curve a little bit and try to say, okay, we want to be, we want to love one another and we're willing to, you know, put a few things on hold for a, a short period of time as we wrestle with, what does it look like to, to be yeah. good neighbors, to, to be faithful at this moment? Yeah. But I, I kind of feel like that time has passed. Not that we're not to be good neighbors. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. like, but like we now well, know we, a lot more. Yes. Yeah, we have a better understanding of what the actual risks yeah. are and are not. And, and here's the thing is there's still a risk. You're like, but, but there's a risk when... I get in the car and I and I drive up to Washington to see you. Like like I'm a, there's a risk. There's a risk when I go to the wait, store. Wait, there's a risk. Like there's a risk coming and seeing me. Yeah, there is. Wow, dude. I oh, love you mean you that because much. of like like a car accident or something? A car accident. I yes. thought you meant like That's... it was just risky coming to see me. I'm no, like, no. Well, you take a risk any time you step out of of your home. But you know what? There's a risk in your home. Like, Man, my you, my you, hot you know, water heater was going to kill me. Your hot water heater <laughs> could explode, right? I mean, I mean, we take risks all the time, all the time, and we take risks for things that are important to us, right? Uh, and we we are risk averse for things that are important to us as well, and and part of part of what what I want to encourage people is to recognize what is most important is Jesus is gathering with the body is your Christian faith worth the risk of coming to commune and to worship with the body and to worship with others. Um, and man, put a mask on if, you know, put it, put a, a shield on. That's fine. Like we, we have uh, people who, who have masks on the whole time we're meeting outside. And so several of us don't feel like we need to have a mask on outside. I carry my mask uh, to talk to people who have masks on and, uh, and everyone maintains a, you know, a, a safe distance, you know, for, for what they feel is appropriate, you know. Um, but man, don't let, don't let fear keep you from gathering. I guess that would be my, my affirmation or my, um, what I would encourage people well, I, uh, I think, with. I think even to, to say it, I mean, don't let fear lead you to disobey God's word. Yeah. And, and now this is where, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Now I kind of feel like everyone should be gathering as the body at this moment. Like, I I don't see a reason why we can't. I get that larger churches, you know, the ones in the thousands, they got some, they got some logistical issues you got to work out. So work it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Like do it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it just, I mean, it infuriates me. We have, like, we're surrounded by churches and they're just like, mm, not meeting. And, and I get it. There, there's things that they're facing. There's difficulties. Figure it out. Like, lead yeah. in this time. Um, 
or at least be making sure your people are gathering in different ways. Uh, yeah. Make sure they're all in small groups. Make sure that, you know, they're meeting together. Uh, I really think, though, we should be gathering in the, in the larger body, though, as well. Um, I think it is a time for us to really demonstrate our citizenship. And I know there's debates on that. Like you got the MacArthur and then you got like the, uh, who are there guys on the other side of the coast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, the, marks. nine marks. Nice. And you know, what I love is while nine marks, I think disagreed with MacArthur, they did so very respectfully. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. So people are going to be wrestling with the form, but do something, get together gather um i mean there is there's a sweetness when we gather there's an obedience that happens and one of the things and i like what you were bringing up like like what is the risk that we're we're afraid of here like if we're not gathering yeah. because we're afraid of getting sick or we're afraid of getting someone else sick which which I think is just this altruistic, very pious behavior, which I think is really, for the majority, just self-insulation, a way for them just to justify why they're not getting out. Although I'm sure there are exceptions to that. Um, there, are, there are those who are fearful of not gathering because, you know, what if they, what if they then have to quarantine from their jobs when they lose money during that time because they won't be paid, yeah. which that's a reality, um, which I think, how does the church step into that? You know, how do we yeah. help that? How do we come alongside if someone in our church, because they're gathering and serving within the body, again, not being reckless, but wisely trying to gather, doing what they need to do, and they still get exposed or come down with quarantine, how do we love them and care for them at that moment uh, with their finances? I think that's a thing for the church to wrestle with, not just an individual to wrestle with. Um, but ultimately it comes down to sovereignty of God. Yeah, there's a sense in which we have to trust that our days are numbered. I mean, that's what the Bible, that's what the word says, right? That, that our days are numbered. Every, every day is written in his book. And it, that's I not want that book. Well, right. So <laughs> you want to look it. at that book? Right? Just, just tell me, Lord, tell me, Lord, oh, when, man, when that is book the day that I'm going home? Uh, oh, totally. Well, and our hairs are numbered, you know, uh, as, as Chris put it last week, even, even the hairs that are in our drain, uh, those are numbered too. Like God knows well, everything. You know, Chris Gordon and, doesn't have a lot of hair. Oh no. Well, that was Chris comp, but, but oh, he's also okay. losing some hair too. Uh, uh, don't tell him I said that. Uh, but, but regardless, here's the thing is what's worth the risk. What's worth the risk of getting, I mean, uh, okay, so, so we have, um, so, so maybe, maybe you have children at home. Uh, I, you know, children seem to be the least affected by COVID. It doesn't mean that's, you know, sweeping across, there's, there's no one affected. That's not true. Like, you know, we see that, you know, children who've gotten COVID have, you know, have, uh, get sick as well. Um, but what's, what's worth the risk? Are, are your children more important than gathering? Are your children more important than, uh, modeling? In fact, if their children are important, then you should model to them, uh, what it means to value the body. 
uh, can't mask them up then or, or hazmat them. keep them close or hazmat them or something, you know, I, and, and I'm not trying to be, I've got to be careful because I, I don't want to, um, we're going to offend people, I guess, I guess that it, that's just probably the, the way it is. Cause we're putting our opinions out there and opinions, um, but we're I'll, putting opinions but I would yeah, say we're ahead. putting our opinions informed by the word. In form of the word. Like, we're not just the, trying yeah. to say, hey, gather because it feels good or, you know, because your yeah. conscience leads you, Joe and Jimmy. Um, <laughs> you know, like, there's no chance they're ever going to listen to us. They're so much cooler and more popular than us. But I hope they do. Um, <laughs> but, 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 go ahead. Well, yeah, but but we're called, here's the thing, is the ultimate reality is that this is, this is our father's world. This is, this is the, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God. Like Jesus has overcome the world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Like we belong to him. And part of our mission, uh, the great commission really is to show and to proclaim to others that Jesus is the son of God, uh, that, that he reigns. And part of how we show that is we do gather yeah. We do gather and, 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 and it's needed. Like this is gathering is a needed, it is an essential thing for me, uh, to gather and hear the preached word, to worship with the body, to take communion. Um, because ultimately life is not about waking up, going to work, feeding myself three times a day, feeding my children, making sure they have clothes on their back, um, making sure they're involved in sports so they can live a happy life. So I can live a happy life to make sure that I golf, uh, because that's really important. Um, as long as you tell uh, people about Jesus while you golf, right. As, as long as Jesus is in there somewhere. No, Jesus is the central figure yeah. and our, the gathering of our church is the central community event that we're called to. It is, it's more important than sports. It's more important than your softball league. It's more important than whether college football happens this fall or NFL football, right? It, we, and what's happened is I think we've continued to we devalue it because now we can get church online or now we can, you know, listen to our favorite podcasters. And while those things are good... It's no, Nick, it's not us. While those things are good, um, that does not replace yeah. the gathering of the local church body. And, and to jump on that, like, we're discipling our kids right now on what is most important. Yes. And so we're, we're, we're saying, you know, what is most important by what we do at this time? Are we willing to gather at work, but not church? Are we willing to make sure our kids are able to play whatever sports they are able to, mm-hmm. but not, you know, at, you know, even a, maybe they have to wear masks when they play baseball or something, whatever. Uh, but we're not letting them go to church. You know, what, what are we, what are we teaching them about importance right now? And I, and I think this is, this is something that here in America, like we haven't, largely I don't think is done very well. Um, there are so many things that compete and we've had so much freedom, which is mm-hmm. such a blessing, but also it's difficult and it's made it harder to stand out in the culture. Um, but you know, if we look at our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world right now, they're literally gathering 
at the cost of their life at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we were talking about, man, there's churches in China and North Korea. It'll take them 10 hours to gather as a church. And that church might be 20 or 30 people, but they're coming in at every 20 or 30 minute intervals so as to not bring any attention to that church that they're gathering in because because they will be killed on the spot or arrested. But they're risking that. They're Again, they're being wise. They're not, you know, holding a banner up saying, I'm a Christian, I'm walking in to the church and gathering right now. They're being wise, but they're still gathering. They're still meeting. They're bringing their children. They're bringing their wives. They're bringing their elderly for the purpose of worshiping God. Because like what you said, there is nothing greater. And that's the whole book of Hebrews. There's nothing greater than Jesus Christ. He is the point of everything. Um, And so what, what... what I think we're wanting to do is, is to not only encourage ourselves, but encourage, you know, hopefully you as listen, you know, what is the greatest, you know, the greatest hope that you have? What is the greatest satisfaction that you have, the greatest treasure? And if that is Christ, I mean, we, and we use the word risk, but what, are we really risking anything? When, when Jesus already has everything, when we're guaranteed, you know, everything and then we're already promised eternal life, we're promised everlasting joy, we're promised, you know, our adoption into his family forever, we're promised the new heavens and new earth, we're promised in Revelation 3 verse 20 that we'll sit on the throne of God yes. forever with him, we are promised that all of our sins have been fully atoned for, we are promised that, um, you know, none of our sins will ever be brought up again because they've been fully atoned for and uh, forgiven of. So, I mean, what yeah. are we, what are we risking by living out our faith? I mean, God, yeah. already, like you said, God already has our days written. Now, again, I, I think we need to keep saying this. We're not saying be reckless. We're saying be wise, but be obedient in your wisdom. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, within the context of, within the context of the church of Jesus being enough, yeah. Of Jesus being that which is most important, like it is, it, you know, it's it's hard for me to even say it's a risk. That that coming to church to worship our God is a risk. Um, if you need to wear a mask, wear a face shield. And here's the thing: is I don't think anyone, at least not in our church body, is going to look down on you for that. Right. You know, like that. We're just happy to see you, man. We're just glad you're here. Um, uh, but I would say this: we, we, we do show what what is important to us with our actions, with what we do, yeah. and we 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 do show that um, gathering, whether in the midst of COVID or whether in the midst of of political uh, and and persecution, religious persecution, we show that Jesus is enough. We do, um, and 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 I don't think, I don't think you have to be super spiritual. I don't think that's the call of being super spiritual. I think that's just the call of being a Christian. I mean, Jesus said, you know, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father, right? Um, if if he, you cannot uh, love father or mother or sister or brother more than me, you know. I mean, we're called to love him, to pursue him uh, above all things, and. Um, in, in gathering with the church is part of that. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's not just, Hey, well, I, you know, I go out and, um, 
I hike on Sunday morning and that's my church. No, it's not. That is not, uh, that, that's not what Jesus uh, modeled as he had 12 disciples, right? Uh, and then some as they gathered, you know, that's not what he modeled at all. The church wasn't Jesus going off alone. Did he go off alone and pray? You bet. You bet he did. Um, but we're, we're called to gather together. That's good. So that's what um, we encourage you. If you have not yet gathered, begin gathering with your church. Um, and again, pray through that. See what that looks like. Talk to your church if there's any, you know, guidelines or regulations that they have. Um, and I'll tell you, like, as, you know, as a pastor, man, we're, we're trying to do this well. Um, yeah. We're trying to wrestle through how do we... How do we gather? How do we be safe? How do we take in, you know, guidelines and, and suggestions from governors? Um, how do we how do we help our people navigate stuff? And we know there's confusion, man. The media makes everything super confusing right now because there's like ten thousand different <laughs> opinions and perspectives on the media. But the one thing that's clear is that we gather. We're saved to be a body, um, yeah. and so we need to live out that identity because there's a grace that's experienced there that we don't experience apart from one another. Uh, and so, I encourage you to gather. What else do we say? Uh, we say thank you for listening to Satisfied in Christ. Uh, for more information, go to our website at www.satisfiedinchrist.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Uh, also, we want to encourage you, hey, if this has been a blessing to you, um, would you just find us on whatever social media form uh, or podcasting form that, that you do and uh, leave a comment Um Apparently, there's somewhere you can rate us, you know, be kind uh, to us, but but do let us know, uh, you know, just just as a way to uh, continue to encourage other people. And if you want um, to pass body. us on to Jimmy and Joe, go on, let, let, let them know uh, a little shout out to them again. But uh, yeah, we uh, we appreciate it. You want to close us up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, it is our joy to gather as part of your church, uh, part of your body. And I, I'm just thinking through all the faces that I get to see on Sunday morning, whom I will see and know for eternity in heaven. And it is a reminder, Lord, when we gather of your grace, of your goodness, Lord, of the true reality that we belong to you, um, that we are a family who cares for each other, um, a family who, who is indwelt by your spirit. Uh, we've been born again uh, because of the work and the grace that you've done and you've worked in us. And Lord, it's for that reason that we have to sing, that we have to worship, that we have to praise you. Uh, um, and so we praise you and we thank you that we can gather here in this country um, legally, uh, however restricted it might feel right now. Uh, Father, I pray for the church. I pray for the church at large. Uh, that you would call your people, that you would give them a yearning, a desire to gather, to be together, to worship together. Um, and Lord, we do. We, we pray that you would, uh, that this COVID uh, virus would subside or you give wisdom and clarity, Lord, to the leaders of our country and of the world, um, that we would be able to, to not just gather and worship together, but also um, gather as a community without fear. Um, and we thank you that we have that in your name because we know you are the sovereign God of the universe. 
Prelude and Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Satisfied. <laughs> cool.